morning, brothers and sisters. It's great to have you here. Warm welcome from Lang Warren. And our prayer is that the Lord will bless you with your stay this week in Synod. Just for seating. Um, your fraternal delegates, there are some placements there. Your fraternal delegates, all our fraternal delegates, they are welcome. There, Graham, there's, there's a seat for you as well. Welcome. And there's also other. Others are people that are registered with Maria, and but you're not a delegate. And our alternate delegates, they can sit there in the middle. There's two tables for them as well. So you're all welcome. You can get a microphone. There's still a few there um, for the others. So please join that. Michael DeCrete, Noben, Herman, you guys, you all there. Albert, you don't have to sit in the pews. All in your ladies as well. John Neong, please, you're welcome to take the seat. You guys can hear me? Yeah. I'm alright? <laughs> if you have your Bibles here, please open your Bibles at Acts 11 verse 19 to 30. Acts 11 verse 19 to 30. It's the church in Antioch. Acts 11 verse 19 now those who were scattered because of the persecution that arose over Stephen traveled as far as Venetia and Cyprus and Antioch speaking the word to no one except Jews but there were some of them men of Cyprus and Cyrene who come to Antioch spoke to the Hellenists also preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them. And a great number believed, turned to the Lord. The report of this came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem. And they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he came and saw the grace of God, he was glad. And he exhorted them all to remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast purpose for he was a good man full of the holy spirit and of faith and a great many people were added to the lord so barnabas went to tarsus to look for saul and when he had found him he brought him to antioch for a whole year they met with the church and taught a great many people and in antioch the disciples were first called Christians. Now in these days prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch, and one of them named Agabus stood up and foretold by the Spirit that there would be a great famine all over the world. This took place in the days of Claudius. So the disciples determined everyone according to his ability to send relief to the brothers living in Judea. They did so, sending it to the elders by the hand of Barnabas and Saul. The topic, making and growing disciples for our synod, get your priorities right. 
Beloved in our Lord Jesus Christ, we welcome you this morning to the Christian Reformed Church of Lang Warren. And we pray that you will have a delightful time. You are privileged to be in a beautiful state of Victoria, the state to be. You are also privileged to be close. It's about 10 minutes drive to Port Phillip Bay. But that's all you will see, unfortunately, because you will be too busy with sinners. <laughs> Do not get depressed about it. Just keep in mind that the Synod of Dort, 1618, 1619, this year exactly 400 years ago, lasted for two years. <laughs> and that the old Dutchies, they certainly knew how to hold Synod. And therefore, my topic, making and growing disciples through our Synod. Getting your priorities right. In our Bible reading, we focus on the life and the ministry of Barnabas. Barnabas' real name was Joseph. He was a Levite. We also know that Joseph lived in Cyprus, that he was the son of an immigrant. He bought a field close to Jerusalem, Acts 4. And he bought a field because he believed in life after death. He was a Jew, and the Jews at that time believed that a Jew should buy a piece of land to be present when the Messiah will appear again in Jerusalem. And when the Messiah comes, all graves will be open, the dead will come alive, and they will live in peace in Jerusalem in all eternity. But then Joseph's view had changed when he came to Jesus to concentrate on the life before death. And Joseph shared wholeheartedly in the activities of the congregation. He became a member of the Church of Jerusalem. And apostles called him Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. Literally, someone who comforts people. We also know that Barnabas was the one who introduced the Apostle Paul after his conversion to the apostles. And he testified that the one who persecuted all the Christians can be trusted. In our passage we read about making disciples. We read in verse 22 that Barnabas was sent by the church of Jerusalem to Antioch after a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. And for the first time the gospel could be heard, proclaimed to non-Jewish members. And although a Jew, Barnabas was born in Cyprus and he could speak Greek fluently. But some people were not happy. In the church of Jerusalem. We read about him in Acts 15. They had questions like, are we going to use to lose our identity if we preach the gospel to all people? The Jews are the elected people of God, not the Greeks. Should I be circumcised? And so this new pastor arrived in Antioch with mixed feelings from the church of Jerusalem. We see in our church, in our Bible reading, that out of focus and the priorities of the church have changed on what Jesus has commanded. In Matthew 28, the focus should have been on Jesus, on making disciples, 
Be true to the Great Commission as we heard last night with John. But instead I focus now on cultural differences. What made him different. Let us listen again. And you will hear this quite a few times this week. Matthew 28 verse 19 to 20. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, at the end, to the end of the age. It's so easy to be deceived. So easy to put your own desires and your focus on different aspects of the gospel and God's word. So easily to focus on what make you, makes you the same on cultural differences. But then you will lose the opportunity to make disciples of all nations. And so the Christian Reformed Churches of Australia rightly decided to include all Australians. And since 2000, the CLCA has renewed its commitment to be a church that's reforming to reach the lost for Christ and making and growing disciples. This is Jack's words. Thank you from the website. And Barnabas looked from a different perspective. When Barnabas arrived, he saw the evidence of the grace of the Lord. And he was greatly encouraged by that. And he encouraged them to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. This is our text verse, verse 23. Barnabas looked around in Antioch and he saw the grace of the Lord. And so you can look at different ways at the Senate, at the church, an agenda of a Senate. You can look this week and you can be encouraged. You can also encourage our Mudaraman, each other, like Barnabas, true to his name. You can build up. You can see the grace of the Lord over all the time that we've been established as a domination, denomination, and the Lord's faithfulness over the years in Australia. Or you can be negative this week. And see no future for the Christian Reformed Churches of Australia. You can focus on an overall declining church attendance in Australia. Some say as low as 6% of the Australian population. Or you can realize that this year 2018, Australia's population grew to 24 million and that the Lord is using us to make and grow disciples and he's using his church and the synod the church in our Bible reading was a new congregation there were many questions they were not blameless they were not all mature in their faith they need growing as well but Barnabas started off with the positive. He was glad. 
Immediately he started to preach the gospel and educate the people. This is the right focus, the right priority. And the Greek words for grace and to be glad have the same root. Grace is something that you cannot earn. It's a gift from the Lord. To be glad in the Lord is to live in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And Barnabas saw this grace and he was glad in the Lord. He was greatly encouraged. And he started immediately with the ministry in Antioch. And he comforted, encouraged, but also admonished to stay true to the Lord. And this is the second part of the command of the Great Commission. Jesus says, teaching them to observe that I have what I have commanded you. And the people came to faith in Jesus. Now they must hold on to him. Grow in their faith. Making disciples and grow. Second command. Second part of the commandment. To pray, to study the word. So that they could grow. And they should do it with all their heart. Worship of giving 100% of your dedication. Where Jesus is the center of your life. Where you love the Lord above all. Your neighbors, yourself. Priority of church, making disciples. And teaching them to observe what Jesus has commanded in his words. And the congregation responded through the Holy Spirit. And a great number of people were brought to the Lord. Verse 21 and 24 describe God's good hand upon the congregation and Barnabas. There were many blessings and people turned to the Lord. And Barnabas went to look for Paul. And with Paul, he met with the church and taught great numbers of people. Successful story, we would say. A church that was true to the Great Commission. But there were also challenges. The devil will also try to destroy. And because of these challenges, the first synod was held in Acts 15. You can open your Bibles at Acts 15. Remember that some members in Jerusalem, in the church of Jerusalem, were not happy with the events in Antioch. And a few men came from Jerusalem. They were teaching the congregation. They criticized the congregation. They said, look, you are not even circumcised. You do not hold the Jewish laws. They said in Acts 15 verse 1, <coughs> unless you are circumcised according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. This brought Paul and Barnabas in sharp dispute with them. And Paul and Barnabas were appointed along with other believers to go up to Jerusalem to see the apostles and elders about this question. And some of the believers who belonged to the party of the Pharisees stood up and said, It's necessary to circumcise them and to order them to keep the law of Moses. And the apostles and the elders were gathered together to consider this matter. This is the first synod. And although there had been much debate, Peter, the apostle Peter, stood up and said to them, We believe that we will be saved through the grace of the Lord Jesus, just as they will. And the whole assembly felt silent. And Paul and Barnabas told them about the great things that the Lord did among the Gentiles. 
And a meeting concluded that they shouldn't make it difficult for the Gentiles who are turning to God. And this was Paul's argument as well, Galatians 5, verse 2 to 4. Look, I, Paul, say to you that if you accept circumcision, Christ will be of no advantage to you. I testify again to every man who accepts circumcision that he is obligated to keep the whole law. You are severed from Christ, you who would be justified. You are severed from Christ, you who would be justified by the law. You have fallen away from, from grace. And so the synod gave the right focus again. That it's about Jesus. About God's grace. In Jesus. In making and growing disciples. And to observe in what Jesus has commanded in his words. That was the first answer. And that's this doctrine of grace. We still confess that God graciously preserves us. Keeps us. And when we are faithless, he's still faithful. And we can only stand by God with his grace as he attributes the righteousness of Christ. And we were showed grace by God. Therefore, we also want to share God's grace out of gratitude what God has done in me first. So the Apostle Paul explains in Ephesians 2 verse 5 that grace was God's saving act in Jesus. It's about Jesus. We were dead in our sins, but God has made us alive in Jesus. And it comes to the question, do you think you are saved or will go to heaven because you are better than someone else, circumcised or not, Jew, Greek, Gentile, Chinese or Australian? No, you were dead in your sins. You were saved out of grace alone. And God chose you in Jesus. John 15, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. This is where we need to start with prayer. An initiative came from God. And we were the receivers of his love and the true faith. God loved me in Jesus. We're dead in my sin out of grace alone. And I want to conclude. For our synod this week, what will someone do what is saved by grace alone? You will be true to the gospel. Be true to the great commission. Be glad like Barnabas about the Lord's work in his churches. That all the churches can be here. That all our fraternal delegates can be here. We will think about the lost. We will pray for the lost. And our mission to preach the gospel. Pray that God will prepare their hearts to be receptive for the gospel. And we need to pray with every decision this week. We need to pray for our chairman, vice chairman, our clerks. And we need to make our priority clear and simple. The same as the first sentence that concluded that it was about Jesus, God's grace in Jesus, and about making and growing disciples to teach them to observe what Jesus has commanded in his word. Amen. Let's pray.
Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your love in Jesus. We thank you that we can gather here as your churches in Australia. That we can have fraternal delegates here and have this close ties of faith that we can share with our brothers and sisters overseas. We pray for them as well. We pray especially for our mother Raman, that you will bless them and lead them to keep our focus on what's the most important, and that's Jesus, and the grace in Jesus, and to preach your gospel, and to teach according to your word, and your word alone, and not worldly standards. Amen.